Hello and welcome back to Mental Health Spot. This is Oli speaking. Today I have a very, very special guest. As a matter of fact, um, one of my dear friends who was in one of my episodes, Valerie, some of you may know her, she hooked me up with a new friend. Um, Her name is Sonia and she's here today to talk about her book. But before we dive right in, I just want to go ahead and start with my usual disclaimer. If you are under the age of 18, please consult with your parent, guardian, or a trusted adult before continuing to tune into my podcast episodes as we can discuss some very mature adult content that might be triggering for a younger audience. With that said, let's get started. So I'm here today with Sonia, and my friend Sonia is going to talk a little bit about her book. So Sonia, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. So Sonia, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, your name, what you do for a living, your age? Let the people know a little bit about you before we dive right in with the questions. Sure, so my name is Sonia Acosta. I'm not not afraid to... Sorry, so my name is Sonia Acosta. I'm 35 years old. I just turned 35 in August, but I don't look a day over 27. Tell it, girl. (laughs) Yeah. And I work in marketing. I'm a content director. Um, I also do some stuff, you know, some freelance stuff on the side. And I also like to write um, these motivational um, nonfiction books. Um, And actually, the one I'm going to talk about today is my third one. My other ones were a little bit of a starter, and they were shorter. But this one is where I really went, um, you know, all out. Um, and kind of basically take folks through my entire dating history since my first crush in like the third grade. Um, and I so love it's, it. It's called My Funny Sad Life, Living Single, um, Stories and Lessons from 20 Years of Dating. And again, it's part of a series, so every book is called My Funny Sad Life, and then it touches on a different topic. Thank you, Sonia, for that information. So, Sonia, a lot of people say they want to write a book. I'm one of them. I have been on that boat for a long time where I'm like, I want to write a book, I want to do it, but I can never get myself to actually finish it. What finally made you say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to write this book and I'm going to put it out there? So it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I said, my other books were much shorter. The ones I started with were each like maybe 50 pages and and that was quite an effort, but not anywhere near. So this book now is about 250 pages it just goes through a lot more history and again because it's nonfiction, you really have to focus on remembering and facts and you know the the chronological order you got this girl (laughs) sorry (laughs) of the events Uh, i'm very chatty but i'm a little nervous right now um so basically i mean i've just been through and it's kind of the purpose behind all of my books it's been a, a way for me to heal it's kind of been therapeutic for me okay um you know i like to share my stories but it's different to put it all out put it all on paper okay um and really i like to share my real life stories so that i can in hopes that i can help other people you know i've been through a lot of stuff and i've had to kind of figure out i've never really had somebody telling me how to get through things I've kind of had to figure it out I've had to seek out the therapy I've had to seek out the resources and kind of figure out how to get through it myself so I write the books in or in hopes that somebody can read it and figure something out a little faster than I did okay um so to be that help to them that I didn't have my books are very honest they're very raw you know it's kind of like sitting everybody who's read it says it's kind of like sitting with me on a couch and talking so they're very conversational they're easy read um and I basically just kind of put it all out there because I don't think that you're going to l- get what I need you to get or learn or it's not going to be helpful if I hold back. Fair enough. And the book is about your life, correct, is what you're saying. And so you reference going to therapy. And so being that my podcast is called Mental Health Spot, how would you say therapy has helped you? 
therapy is the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> I agree. I feel like for years I struggled with, you know, daddy issues galore, which is mm-hmm. partially the issues that I had with dating and just a lot of insecurity issues. I've always struggled with, you know, mental health issues, just um, anxiety and depression. And again, not coming from a culture that knows how to get help or that encourages you getting help. Yes. And one day I was probably in my late 20s when I finally was like, you know, I, I have to because I can't. I can't live like this anymore. This is, you know, I started to realize that it's not normal. I started to realize that I did go through a lot of emotional abuse as a child. It took me a long time to find the label for that because it wasn't physical bruises. But I realized like how mess, how much I had been messed up. I just needed to figure out what it was. You know, sometimes we have a hard time if you can't see it. We have a hard yes. time labeling it. But I think emotional abuse can be even the same or even worse sometimes. More detrimental, absolutely. So I went to therapy and this amazing man in Chicago, I went to therapy for a year because I ended up leaving Chicago not too long after. And I literally feel like all these issues that I had for years, the daddy issues, the thing that I felt like I was never going to be able to get past no matter what I did or no matter how hard I tried. You go to a therapist and they're unbiased. They they haven't yes. known you her life. They're not your friends who have heard your stories over and over again. <laughs> yeah. They give a fresh perspective and they help you understand why you do the things you do, where it comes from, and they give you tools and tips. To this day, years later, I still remember when I'm going through something, I remember, you know what? He I remember he said, I remember specific lines that he said, when you feel this way, think about this. And it, it really helps, and I feel like over the years, and then I went to therapy a few more times in different cities with different therapists, and I feel like it helps you build sort of like a toolkit. Mm-hmm. So then when something comes up, you pull it back from your memory and be like, remember, you feel this way because of this, or this is how you move forward. And I, I just, it honestly just revolutionized my life. And that first therapist that got me through kind of like the biggest hurdle is the one that I probably referenced the most and remember the most and that probably helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, you most. referenced the therapist in the book? No, I mean, just like when I'm... When oh, okay. I'm, Personally, I'm stuff. But I do, okay. I don't remember exactly, but I know that in my books, I know that I have, I, I do pull out some exa- examples of like, you know, I gotcha. realized this because I remember they said this. and um, So like one thing that I always remember, which is about one of my relationships, um, is that he always said, you know, you can't go to the hardware store to look for milk. They don't carry milk. Because basically he was saying that I kept going to this person to give me something that he was incapable. He did not have in Ooh. stock. Preach. And it's so, it seems so simple, right? But years later, I still, I, that helps me so much That's all the deep. time to pull that back up because you see like, it just makes it tangible. It yeah. makes like this pain and this issue and like, it just makes something, it makes it into something you can hold and you can use. You know, um, so little things like that. I do drop in whenever it's relevant into the book, um, little snippets like that. So, and I think, so sorry, going back, I think I never fully answered the question about publishing the book. <laughs> yeah, tell me about that. Okay, so um, it's a lot of work, and you know, I, I am self published, um, so it's not like I have a publisher, but you know, nowadays it's actually a really good route to go. So, I mean, this latest book, because it was so big, it probably took me a year and a half to write it because I do have a full-time job. But every night, as much as I could, I write little bits. And then I did pay somebody to edit it. I have a designer friend who helps me with the cover and all that kind of stuff. Wonderful. So you basically have to pull together all those materials. And then I do it through Amazon. And they basically give you everything you need. So you have to upload everything, format everything. Then you set your price. You know, you get your... Um, uh, ISBN number and you just set it all up and then you make it you make it live and you know so for the print you're basically you get I have the ebooks and then also the print and why it's affordable you know for for somebody like me and when you're starting out in self-publishing is that you basically um, pay for the book they don't print it in books you order it they print it so you don't have to put anything up front. so it's just it's a lot 
of work before you even get to the point of, you know, putting it out to sell it is the easy part. It's really, you know, you want to put a good product out there. So again, I took the time to make sure I paid. I'm a writer. I've been a writer all my life, but everybody needs an editor. So I made sure that I hired yes. an editor. You know, you got to make sure to really put effort and you have to put some money. Absolutely. Into it. Absolutely. Can you tell us, Sonia, without giving too much away, what a little bit about what the book is about? Because I want people to read it. Sure. So, so. basically the, the book, um, and it's kind of how most of my books are set up where it, um, so this one, it takes you through, I basically provide a bunch of stories. So it basically starts like my it's all about like how I was always boy crazy and how I started having my first crush when I was like in third grade. So it's kind of starts from there and it takes you through my whole romantic history. Every guy that's broken my heart, you know, my whole lesbian phase, hey. <laughs> you know, um, which I kind of really went through that when I was 28 and it was very scary because I was confused. I didn't know like if I was a lesbian, wouldn't I know that by now? I'm almost 30 years old. Right. So just all, all of these things and everything, you know, I, for so long, I was just like, chasing love and looking for it everywhere so everything that I put up with mm-hmm. from from bad people mostly bad people I've loved a lot of bad people in my life <laughs> so I take you through all the very detailed stories of, you know all the cities I've moved through it just it's just in in an order kind of how life happened so every um, chapter takes you through either like one main story or a couple of stories and at the end of every chapter which is one of my favorite parts I I close with a thank you to the person. No matter how bad they were, I've always learned something that helped me, you know, be better the next time and the next day. So every chapter ends with thank you, Fulanido, for, <laughs> yes. for teaching me this. And even though, you know, so bringing the positive out of so much hate and yes. anger. Love that. And then at the end, um, so once I take you through my whole basically dating history, basically till the time I published the book, um, I wrap it up with all the, the main lessons that I've learned yes. and just kind of where I am now, you know, basically the whole idea of living single because I feel like there's such a bad connotation around being single. Yes. And, yes. you know, I kind of talk about where I am now and how it's okay. Like, you can be single and you can be happy. Like, I'd rather be alone and happy than be putting up with all the stuff that I put up with the whole time that I was so desperate and so like focused on the fact that like thinking that I maybe I'm not a full person because I'm single I was so obsessed with that for years and just being kind of comfortable in your skin and I really my one of my biggest passions is changing the conversation around being single that it's not negative it's not a life sentence uh I'll tell you right now I'm way happier than a lot of people I know that are like uh, that that are in relationships and you know not to hate on anybody else's situation but I'm just tired of people giving me the puppy dog eyes and are you okay you're single oh my god you know and just standing up and being like i'm single and i have a great life and i'm happy and like you don't have to feel sorry for me so it's basically all that pain all that obsession everything i learned and taking that full circle to where i am now at a much more peaceful i actually have a guy friend shout out to him because he listens to every episode um (laughs) luigi and he's always telling me how happy he is single and, people, and people don't he that. is genuinely satisfied. He's happy. He's trying to make his dreams and his goals come to fruition. And I'm always like, oh, but I want to find you a nice girl and this and that. He's like, I don't need that right now. I'm good. You know, so I love that you talk about that because I think a lot of people, you're right. They're, they're always like, oh, you don't have someone. Oh, but I need to hook you up with someone because you can't be alone. And it's like sometimes just being with your own company is and, the most satisfying. And actually, thing. the thing that I always say is that I am far more scared of not knowing how to be alone than I ever will be of being alone because, you know, not to be negative or anything, but you can find love your life tomorrow. People die, people mm-hmm. get divorced, things change. Absolutely. Relationships break apart. Like people think that you find somebody, you get married, and it's a guarantee that you're gonna be happy for the rest of your life. And my big thing is life is hard. 
mm-hmm. and it's hard for all of us, mm-hmm. no matter what you look like or what you do or who you're dating or whatever the situation sister. is. If you're poor, if you're rich, whatever, we all have problems and life is going to ebb and flow. You're going to be happy. You're going to be up. You're going to be down. So I hate that people want to focus on like this supposed misery that single people have when we all struggle. Exactly. Life is hard for all of us. And some people can be in toxic relationships too. And so it's it can be it can go either way. You can be single and unhappy. You can be single and happy. You can be in a relationship and be happy. And you can be in a relationship and be miserable. And I think it's all about, like you said, Sonia, doing the work, going to therapy, getting the help that you need, and just really taking the time to be introspective and self-aware and just really look at yourself. Hold up a mirror to yourself and think, what have I learned? Self-awareness what? Yes. is like insight that I think helps me the most. <laughs> I think so. In life. You know, I don't walk too. around pretending to think that I'm perfect. I know my flaws and I try to I try to work with them with for so many years I tried to change them and now I try to be the best that I can be, but I'm not trying to I'm good at what I'm good at, I'm bad at what I'm bad at, and I work with that. I don't force it anymore and yeah. it's just it's life changing to just kinda know where you stand and work with what you have instead of trying to push yourself into like into a mold that you do not fit in. <laughs> right. So, yeah. What do you think was the most emotional part for you about this book, about writing it? So, it was all very emotional because, again, I kind of had to relive all of these stories. And, like, if I close my eyes and when I was writing about it, I can see these people's faces. I can remember, like, the pain. I don't know if that happens to you. Like It does. It's just even now, like, <laughs> you see, I took a deep breath. But one of the toughest things to write was um, an ex-boyfriend I had around 20 or 21. Actually, we had dated on and off, and then, you know, we were just kind of hanging out, and things were weird, and he actually ended up raping me one night. So, and I worked through it, and I actually even, which I don't know that this is right or not, but, you know, this is how I deal with humor, but I even laugh about it now, whatever. I call him the ass rapist because he did do it that way. Oh, gosh. So, you know, I've worked through it. I don't, but when I... So I thought it'd be fine. Oh, just write this. I'm, it was years ago. I'm 35 now. So, you know, we're talking about yeah. 15 years. And when I started writing that, girl, I was like, because hey, again, it just, you just feel like you transport yourself back and you feel, but when you like sit there and try to, I honestly, that's probably the part that took me the longest. And it was in the earlier chapters, but yeah. it took me the longest probably to write it because I had to write like three or four words and put it away and come back. And of three course. Or four words. Yeah. And also like, I'm very open. I tell people, but I've never actually... Like to write the word, to write the words he raped me. Yeah, and like to just like own it and know that I'm gonna publish this and I'm gonna put it out there and whoever's gonna read it. And I again, I was very very detailed. Yeah. Um, I honestly remember that as one of the toughest parts. That chapter took me forever because it just again like it brings back. I want to let everyone out there know I am actually just hearing about this. Um, I didn't know that Sonia had experienced uh, sexual abuse, and so I really. I really applaud you for being so open and talking about it because that's what this is all about. Writing a book, having a podcast, having a platform like like the ones that we're referring to now and the ones that we're on now, it's so important to tell your story because I really believe and I see this quote everywhere, your story can be someone else's survival guide. And I love that you are able to talk about it and you're able to even find humor in it and if, if that's what's helped you cope and um, I'm really just grateful that you're brave enough to have written about it written it down and you're letting the whole world or at least as many and people you know, as I get can, their hands I can on probably it. say it easier now because I already but when I was writing the book I was freaking out like, are you serious Sonia are you really gonna just like put this out there and honestly yeah the other part that was really hard is that I years ago I have been with a married man or two and Girl, was, we've all been down that road. <laughs> and that was incredible.
incredibly difficult because I just felt like we we're gonna throw rocks at me. People, and honestly, I realized what the book has really understood because I was very raw. I was very, I was very honest about where I went wrong and where they went wrong and where yes. I was mentally and the insecurity that plays into it. Absolutely. And you know, just that double standard of I hate how we always go and like want to you know throw rocks and yes. down at the woman. Sure. And it's like all oh, men will just be men. So that was actually the mm-hmm. second, aside from the the rape situation. Those were the second hardest um, things to write about because I was so scared. You know how the internet is. Oh. And I was just so scared. And I've been, it's been so nice that everybody has really, and I think that comes from how, how detailed and open and genuine. And again, I I don't paint myself to be any kind of victim or perfect. I am very honest about all of the sides of it. And it's been amazing how people have received it. And, and it's helped them open up. I had a friend who was even like, Oh my God, because one of the lessons at the end of the book that I write about is how, you know, um, like so many people, so many people cheat. I'm not saying every person cheats, but we want to act like somebody cheats and they're just the worst person in the world. And oh my God, you don't know the situation. True. Never say never because you don't know exactly. when you're going to find yourself. I don't like to judge for that reason because I, I'm not right. a bad person. I didn't go out to be with anybody's husband. I was mortified. Right. Actually, the first time I didn't know. I yeah, didn't know same. Was, I didn't I know, know either. He was married. And then after Until that, I found I was, out. <laughs> young and mature brain was like okay well now I'm gonna be the bitch in the know so now I'm gonna be with Mary Man and I'm gonna be the one who knows because I was so hurt by by being with somebody who didn't give me a chance to choose if I wanted to be in that situation yeah so again I'm not saying these things are right but honestly these are the things you know that, that you experienced that you experienced. that's real and it was really nice to hear like I said I had a friend who was like you know she's very happily married now uh, and all that kind of stuff but I remember she read the book and she was like you know what I saw that and I was like she's so right I totally forgot that I cheated on this boyfriend with that guy because I kind of said like everybody cheats they just don't cheat on everybody they're with Ooh, Every, it's, it's true you know because and some people who throw the biggest rocks is like bitch I've known you for years you cheat on every boyfriend you ever had just because now you're with your husband you're happy and you don't cheat on him my this is the don't thing. sit out here and like throw rocks and like want to crucify other people. I really know? believe that the talking about these experiences it almost brings you closer to people because it it humanizes you. You know what I mean? It makes people see you as human. It's like, wow, she's made mistakes. She's done this. She's done that. She's owning it. She's talking about it. She's taking accountability and she's learning from it. And she added meaning to it. You know, that's how I feel about this podcast and me talking about everything that I've experienced. Like me talking about my childhood on here, it was very difficult for me. And I felt bad because I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be putting my family on blast. It took a lot. And I'm like, you know what? This is my story. You know, and I have a right to share it. That's actually why I've started with all the books about love and haven't gotten into the family part yet because that's even more i feel you like see? i own these stories a lot more yes and so that is very brave. It's hard the thing about sharing your story is that it when you're brave and you put things out there it helps other people be brave i agree and be honest with themselves like i said and be like oh shit you're right i i did do that yes because people really, they just people just bury that shit and they just like they want to point fingers and they want to judge and like that's just kind of how i feel like you know we're kind of and we're living in this social media be. culture nowadays where like you'll be sitting on Facebook or perusing through Instagram and you'll see everyone is so happy. And then you think to yourself, wow, I'm so defective. And then it's like, no, social media, people are putting things out there that they want you to see. Well, actually speaking of the whole therapist thing, I never forget, he always told me it's like, you know, the highlight reel. And you know, I struggle with that sometimes because I'm, I try to be very genuine on social media. When I'm sad, I'm sad. When I'm upset, I'm upset. You know, yes. obviously like curating to like, because you know, have to like you can't go all out out there but i try to be as honest as possible and i do hate that i know there's people that think 
like with the whole single conversation, she's just pretending to be happy. She's like making, trying to make up for like she's overcompensating. You know, she's overcompensating. Like she can't mm-hmm. really be. And I actually get frustrated by that because yes, lots of people that I know are miserable. You see them on on Facebook, and oh my God, they're just so happy. You know, happily married and happy. Fa- and you know because you know these people um, personally. Um, so you know. Anyways, it's neither here nor there, but like I honestly really try really hard. That's just kind of my general thing, whether it's my books, whether it's at work, whether it's on social media, I try to be genuine because I feel like nobody benefits. Yeah. Nobody is going to be inspired by you. There's so much power in authenticity. And and it's, yes. And actually, mm, another one of my books is about fighting. It's called My Funny Side Life, Fighting for Authenticity. Wow. (laughs) Um, One of the shorter ones. I didn't even know that. Hey. Yeah. One of the shorter (laughs) ones. Nice segue, Olivia. (laughs) My my first two. It's actually about that because I feel like I spent my whole life people telling me you're too loud, you're too open, you're too this, you're too that. You're You're fabulous. You know, and just like, it really is like such a defiant act just to frigging wake up and be yourself and say yeah. what you want to say. And people are always like, how dare you? Who do you think you are? And I've even gotten this from my family sometimes. And I'm like, why? Why do we always have to hide and be so afraid? And I'm like, and you know, I know a lot of people find me annoying and oh, I'm too much and I say too much, but you know what? I don't focus on them. I always focus on the people I help. The people that send me messages and tell me, you know what I mean? Like yes. I see your posts and yes. you really help me. Wow, like you're so yes. brave. I wish I could be more like you. Yes. You know, like I've Amen. sometimes fallen off the chair. Like I had a ex that was a fucking dick and a half and he actually was like, I wish, and he was always judging me yeah. for being too open. And one day he comes and tells me that he wishes that he could be more like me, that he could be more open, that he can be on social media like I am and just all out there and just say who he is because he's so like scared. And that was like, I literally almost fell off my chair. Because again, this is a person who's always like putting me down. Yeah. But you realize that it's because he, he wishes he was more like me. Isn't it crazy that so we're living in a world <laughs> where we're celebrated for being who we are? Like where where people are like, oh my god, that person is being themselves. It's like, and to me, when that's what everyone should be doing. You to know, to me, that's just always been my natural state of being. I mean, I did used to be a lot shyer, but I feel like that person was like I always tell people, you know. Facebook didn't make me an oversharey or a storyteller. I've always been a storyteller. I've always been super open. You know, social media gave me the platforms. I didn't become this way because I want to show off on social media. Because if you really know me all your all your life, you know that I've always been this way. I just didn't. You know, you know, I'm in that kind of generation where uh, I had a typewriter, I had a word processor, yeah. but I also had internet for a long time. And I'm like, I've always been this way. I just didn't have like you know, uh, the tools. And again, I know that I annoy lots of people, but I don't, I don't focus on that. I just want to, with my stories, with my books, with my openness, even though, you know, it's hard. I know that it's, if it helps one person, then that's good enough for me. And that encourages me to, to keep being this way and not, not minimize myself for the people I make uncomfortable. What do you want people to take away from this book? Um, so, so many things. <laughs> like, what's one main thing that you really want people to take away from it? I mean, I feel like the biggest thing is that you can be complete and, and you know, and happy and have a full life by yourself. I think we need to focus on, you know, being with somebody who complements our lives to add to our lives and stop this whole, you complete me. And, you know, we're, we're, we're whole by ourselves. Yes. And I feel like now if I did, I'm still open after everything I've been through. Now if I found somebody, lucky them, first of all. <laughs> but I Tell feel it. like years ago when I was looking so hard, I wasn't, I wasn't a person anybody needed. I was too fucked up. I was confused and secure. I didn't know what I wanted. Like now I'm like, you know, so work, stop focusing on finding somebody. If you're single and obsessing and focus on becoming the person that 
that you know the best version of yourself so then when you come together with somebody you can give somebody the best and you're not having to give them i mean none of us are perfect we're never going to be but like i feel like people really have this there's this bad culture of like two people coming together and fixing each other right be full and complete work on your shit go to therapy figure it out like don't and so many issues i've had so many issues i've had in my relationships because these broken people want to come to you and i'm i'm very much like a nurturer and a fixer and a healer yeah and they expect that from you sound like me (laughs) it sucks the life out of you so let's work on being complete people taking care of ourselves doing what we need to do getting the help that we need we all have childhood issues regardless of what they you know what they are Mm -hmm. work on that shit and stop expecting somebody else to come and like and fix it rescue if, you if you're fucked up and tomorrow you meet the love of your life you're not gonna you're still gonna be fucked up and you're probably gonna cause them a lot of pain right you know um so i think that's the biggest thing I, there's such a culture of like pareja, pareja. like you know you just it's there's this obsession with yeah. like you know and no can we be a little bit more obsessed with uh individuals even when you know it's great i i do believe in love after everything i've been through some absolutely. people think i'm bitter and i'm like absolutely not you know you're so wrong um that's not what it's about but I think we undervalue the importance of loving yourself like fiercely. Yeah. I'm at the point now where like I I don't know how to explain it. I'm even gonna get kind of get emotional. Like it's okay. I think I don't I think I don't put up with what I used to put up because I just love myself so intensely now. And, you Good know, for I have you. my days, my insecure, but I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking great and and I wasn't even born this way. I've worked really hard. When people say I'm I'm picky or um, you know, I expect too much. No. I've worked really hard to have the right to be picky and to expect yes. a lot because I've worked really hard to be a fucking amazing person for somebody else to be with. So why should I, you know, have to put up um, for all this shit? So, um, you know, Aww. it's kind of a long-winded answer and all over the place. But yeah, I, I just, I want to get away from this obsession of you're incomplete and you need somebody else. Love is great. I totally, if I can find it one day, you know, I, I, I'd be very open to that. Um, but... And, and it's not selfish to, to love yourself. I think if we all loved ourselves more, this world would be a lot less fucked up. And there'd be a lot less crime and murder. <laughs> yes. And, you know, hurt people, I agree. hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people Until shoot, someone is things down. brave enough to break the cycle. Exactly. And you have done that. Exactly. Awesome. And also where you come from doesn't have to be where you go. I'm talking about yes. breaking the cycle. Yes. I grew up around a lot of fucked up shit, like emotionally, mentally, whatever. And sometimes we think that we have, you know, that... We have to be that, and if you do the work, you don't have to be that. You can be beyond your wildest dreams, um, you know. And I think I always, those things always stick with you. But I think I'm really like the healthiest version of myself that I can possibly be, or I strive to be that every day. Well, thank you so much, Sonia, for being here with me today and for letting me interview you. Sure, it was so much fun. This was awesome to have you. I think you're such an inspiration. I think you have a light in you that makes you shine. And um, I really, really hope you guys get your hands on this book. I have a copy in my hand right now. My Funny, Sad Life, Living Single, Stories and Lessons from 20 Years of Dating by Sonia Acosta. You can find it on Amazon. And I will definitely, you know, be putting it out there because I'm really excited to have people get to know you better through this book and get to know themselves better. Yes, really, the second one is the thing. that (laughs) Right. Yeah. Which is so important. I wrote this book to help me, but more so, you know, I hope to help, help you guys out there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Sonia. And I hope to see you again here on my podcast. Sure. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening.